0: Hallelujah. Today is Palm Sunday. Everybody say this with me. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Listen, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Today is Palm Sunday, which is the beginning of what we know as the Passion Week of Jesus. And these days lead up to the very moment, the reason why Jesus came to earth, lived a sinless life, died for our sin, rose again from the dead to give us eternal life. I'm going to go ahead and declare that story to you, that, that day out of Matthew 21, 1-11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, Lord, the Lord needs them, and he will send, and we will, uh, he will send them at once. And this took... Place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, put on their and put on their cloaks, and he sat on them, and then most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road, and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Now I want to mention to you that, you know, there's a beautiful parallel uh, as to each of us here spiritually and that's that there's a triumphal entry of God into your heart. How many of you actually remember the way the Lord entered your heart? The triumphal entry of Jesus into you he comes and it 's amazing because he 's almighty God and he's, he comes in a humble way and there 's this uh, there 's this utmost love that you sent. at least I did I sensed love, I had the fear of the Lord too at the same time it 's really amazing that he can come to you and cause your heart to to explode or come to like a deep deep sense of of knowing that you 're cherished uh, that you mean something to somebody. And uh, he, has, uh, he doesn't uh, disrespect uh, any of your failure. He doesn't, like, shame you. He doesn't cause you to feel, like, uh, uh, embarrassed of yourself. He knows you're, look, he knows you're broken, dear Lord. He knows you're rebellious. <laughs> he knows all of that. He knows how bound you've been. He knows all this stuff. And yet he comes, and he, when he comes in, he comes to restore, to revive, to lift you up, to give you hope to bless you, to give you new life in him. He just changes everything. How many of you experienced the triumphal entry of Jesus into your own life? And how many of you encountered his deep love? Let me see some hands here. His deep love that in the midst of your confusion, in the midst of your need, how many of you are going to say there's no love like his love? Amen. There's no love. His love is all-consuming. His, his grace is limitless, and his mercies are new every morning. And Jesus is the definition of steadfast love. So he's the source of life, the love. He's the source of the design of your life. And he's the source of the purpose of your life. So there's some truths about Palm Sunday, I believe, that are nice to know. And uh, when it says, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Revelation 22, verse 16, the second part of this, it says this. about Jesus it says, "I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. I am the root that means creator, so basically the Lord started this now here 's the reason why second Samuel seven says this, starting with verse twelve when your this is a promise he made to David, when your days are fulfilled, and you lie down with your fathers i 'll raise up your offspring after you, and you shall come from, that shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom and he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom and everybody said the word forever see now see here's the thing as Jesus was coming up upon he was coming toward this triumphal entry moment this Palm Sunday moment he's coming toward this what happened is the Syrophoenician woman the blind guys they were saying they started using this term son of David son of David Son of David, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. This is a messianic situation here. See, they're beginning to identify Jesus as the son of David. This is a real contesting kind of a thing to the Pharisees. They hate this idea. Now, here's what this kind of link goes back to. And if you want to go read the whole story, I want to give you a little cliff notes version. But if you go back, read First Kings chapter 1, we find in the opening sentences here That David is weak and he's basically close to death. He's dying. He's kind of there, and so he has a he has a son who is actually fourth, but uh, born. But he's actually uh, the oldest because the other ones have been killed, and his name is Adonijah. And Adonijah um, goes and gets Joab, who had great influence over the armies of uh, Israel. And another guy, Bithar, who was a priest, even a priest way back when Saul's time. So, he gets those guys and some other people, and they go, and he goes and anoints himself as king. And they have a big thing. They got, all, they go to a certain place, and they they're doing all kinds of sacrifices, and they're yelling, and he, they're basically claiming he's he's king. Now Nathan, longtime helper and uh, prophet of uh, King David, they didn't ask Nathan. They didn't ask Zadok, uh, the priest. They didn't ask uh, you know, Solomon to come. They didn't ask any of those people because it was out of order. It was wrong. It wasn't, uh, David actually had promised the throne to Solomon. So there was something amiss here. So here's what happens. Nathan, being wise, tells Bathsheba, you go in and talk to David and tell him what's going on, and then uh, I'll come in behind you so he goes in, and so he gets it twice. If he's really like out of it a little bit, you know, he's going to hear the story twice. Bathsheba comes in and says, um, this is going on. Adonijah is being anointed as king. Is this your desire? My understanding is that you promised this to Solomon. And then Nathan comes right in right behind her, and she leaves. He comes and explains the whole thing all over again. And David says, I want you to go and get The king's mule. Now listen. Saul's sons had all died. There had never been the succession of a king handed over to a son before. So the very first coronation that was established in the kingdom of Israel is that the true son of David would be the only one riding on the mule of the king. I used to know. And when he came, there was uproar, just like on Palm Sunday. There was people shouting. They were thrilled. It was happening. And Jesus knew when to get on the donkey. See, they knew who the true Son of David was, who God had picked because of the entrance on the king's, not a white horse. One a lesser animal, that humble approach. He comes in and then the priest anoints him with oil and then they blow the trumpets and they shout. And it is so loud that Adonijah hears what is going on. And they said, hey, Solomon is being anointed as king. And he ran and grabbed the horns of the altar because it was <laughs> lose your lifetime. But um, Solomon didn't do that. He baptized, he Adonijah humbled himself, and um, they went on, and Solomon became the king. Jesus entered. Let me go ahead and put it, First Kings 1, 38. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and the uh, Cherethites and the Telethites went down and had Solomon ride on the king's mule and brought him to Gion. Ge- Then Zedek the priest took the horn of the oil from the tent and anointed Solomon and they blew the trumpet and all the people said long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him playing on pipes rejoicing with great joy so that the earth was split by their noise. Everybody said hallelujah. And so when Jesus comes that same route on the donkey there's a coronation by Father God in heaven above saying this is the son of David this is the one who will have the reign on the throne forever and ever there's um, I think I got everything pretty much out there that I wanted to say I had this big long thing but I covered it pretty nicely I believe <laughs> Luke eleven thirty one says the queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with men from this generation and condemn them for she Came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Something greater is Solomon's here. Now Jesus said this earlier, and He was pointing out we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing. He was giving some little foreshadowing moments. But the reality is Solomon didn't walk purely. Solomon, you know, in all the wisdom of God, he didn't live it out. But Jesus is the pure Son of God. So there's contrast there. So Jesus came in the same way that he came as a coronation of the king on that day. I want to look at another little moment here later in uh, uh, Matthew twenty three thirty nine, It says, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now this is what I said to you a minute ago was nice to know. I think this is what you need to know. This is the part we want to hang on here in need. First of all, This means that Jesus did not come to represent himself. How many of you know, Jesus did not come to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. He said, look at the Father, look at the Father, look at the Father. Everything he did, he came to represent another. Jesus came to represent Father God. Let's just praise the Lord right now. That that perfect heart of love for all mankind, God, Father God, so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen him. Have I been along with you this, this long that you don't know yet, Philip? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen him. So he's the perfect, he says, there's going to come, he says, blessed is he who comes and represents this name, this person. Second, Jesus, the person, is the summation of all the attributes of Almighty God in human form. Isn't that amazing? The fullness of all the wonderful names of God find their expression in Him. You you take every good thing that happened from the beginning, every single name, and you, you build up and build up and build up all those names, all those names, and they're literally dumped into Jesus. Every single thing that God did for anybody through a name that they cried out to, Jehovah Jireh, you just name them all. They're all in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All of them, all of them. And now in the name of Jesus, this is why when he came and gave his life, Philippians 2, 9 through 10 says, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him what? Everybody say it. The name that is above every name. Above every name. The power of that name. All the names put into his name. Because he's the person that perfectly expresses everything about, that you ever want to know about Father God. Whew, praise you, Lord. So that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's go ahead and give God some glory. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. It's, It's the speaking of that name and the lordship of that name that a person comes into the kingdom of God. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You say that name. you got to get that name out of your mouth. Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. That simple statement and that simple act of belief moves you from darkness into light. And all of your sins are washed away. And new life and new energy comes inside of you. And you have eternal life. It's the beginning point. Acts 4.12 said, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The gospel is an amazing thing. You don't just start with the gospel. You live your whole life with the fullness of all that Jesus has accomplished for you. Let me just go ahead and say, you can't add one cent One human effort to add to the salvation that's freely given. There is no double payments on this price tag. One price, the blood of the Lamb, was paid for you and me. We can never add anything to it. And now the longer I've walked with the Lord, the more I realize it's clinging to him and having his life flow through me that makes it all work. Jesus said it. It's not your effort. He said, you're just the branch. I'm the vine. My life flows through you. Stay connected. Cling to me. Be mine. Have intimacy with me. Let the river of God flow through you. Draw your heart to me. I'll draw to you. Everything that works, it's all about him doing it in and through us. It's never about Your effort, it's always about His power coming in and manifesting in and through your life. Don't become religious. Don't try to add something. There's so much confusion about the gospel. But the reality is you can't add anything to it. I can't add anything to it. If anybody does, it's not even the gospel. Not anymore. It's human effort. And our salvation and the rest of our life, all of it. See, here's the, here's a problem. Well, here's a problem. Many people believe a follower of Jesus is somebody who lives according to his teachings, and if he's a good person, he'll be saved. That's a lie. It's a lie. Jesus died for a reason, and this day, years and years ago, was started that week where he was going to walk through I can't I can hardly wait for Good Friday Good Friday what a powerful reality of the day that Jesus gave it all up man anybody um, anybody ever have just these little moments where you just know the depth of God's love because of what he's done you just open up to it you realize I'm so glad. He will eliminate confusion in your mind. He will. He will. How many? How many of you have had plenty of confusion in your mind? <laughs> Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he can take it all? So salvation comes in his name. Salvation comes in his name. But there's other things that come in his name. I love this next verse, Luke ten seventeen. The seventy-two returned with joy, saying, <laughs> "Lord, even the demons." are subject to us in your name. I remember years ago learning about this. I had encounters with the spirit realm and things I couldn't see. And I had, I remember the very first time, one of the first times that I ever experienced this is that there was this, I was going to college, well, going to a college in, a community college in Rockingham, North Carolina, and there was this other guy, He was new in the faith. He was older than me. And I remember one evening, we're going into a door, and he turned around, and he looked at me, and I knew it was not him. Somebody else looked at me. It was no longer him. And I went, Jesus. (laughs) This guy needs help. I didn't know anything about this stuff. I was like, the Lord was letting me know that there's a world out there that's invisible. And when I learned this, the first time, the first major encounter I had with learning that Jesus, the name of Jesus, had authority over the demonic realm, was I was working over the spring break in St. Louis at the Teen Challenge. And I was in the Teen Challenge and there was a marvelous, he's probably in heaven now, but Brother Jack Borth was this old military guy, and he was the head of the Teen Challenge. Great guy. And I went up there to serve because I didn't want to, you know, just go all the way back to North Carolina. I'm out, out in, you know, Missouri. I thought, what could I do? I don't want to just hang around here. And I found out that I could go up there and help. So I go up, and they spend a, a good solid week with them a little more i'm up there part of all the activities and then there's this guy and he is sitting down eating and uh, he's saying prayer after prayer after prayer it doesn't make sense the guy sit there he's got his like his his spoon he he prays over every morsel of food and then he eats it and then he prays long prayers. It's like, what's, what's wrong with this guy? And it's time to leave. And he comes up to the door. And he prays these little prayers. He kind of like goes around the door. He's just, just uh, I had never seen anybody that controlled by another force inside of him. And so I, um, I was over at the, across the street from where the house was. I was in the, 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 the main uh, the, um, office area. And a guy comes up from the basement. They're working down there. And he says, we can't stand this guy. He keeps making faces at us. And they bring him up. Is this guy? was the guy. It's the guy with uh, all the activity that's not normal. He's just really freaky. And uh, Jack Borth tells me, He comes in, and he says, we're going to pray for you. And the guy starts getting real agitated, you know, and starting to. And I don't know anything about any of this. All I know is I'm with Jack Borth. (laughs) And I'll do what he says. And he says, actually, I want you to uh, hold him. I want to hold him. I got his, he's he, there's a couch, and I literally have my leg around that leg, and this leg around this leg, and I got his arms, his face, he's facing that way, and I've got him, I'm literally holding him, and I'm laying on the couch, and this guy's face is going, rah, rah, rah. he's like trying to get me. Isn't that wild? And I'm going, what are we doing? And Jack Borth says, say these words, he has, has the guy say, say, Jesus, thank you for setting me free. And he says, that, 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 that. We, we go through like 20 minutes of this stuttering stuff. I can't get him to say it. Finally, he says, say it. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. And then Jack Borth goes, he has an epiphany. He says, I should have had him say, thank you, Jesus, I am free. <laughs> I want another 15 minutes of this stuff thank you, I'm still holding this guy. And if I'm not holding him, he's jumping up and down like a chicken. So it's like, finally, finally he says, thank you, Jesus. I am free. And when he got it out of his mouth, the whole atmosphere of the room changed. It like filled with glory, filled with glory. And this guy stood up. He was completely free, completely free. I went... And I went back to college and I told people about it. They said, that doesn't happen here. That happens in Africa. I <laughs> oh, no, I saw it. I was there. And they denied it. I went, who are you guys? Aren't we supposed to be doing the stuff that Jesus? I was a little different that way. <laughs> I wanted to do the stuff that Jesus did. And I got exposed to his authority over the realm of darkness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus will cast out the devil. In His name, He has authority over every work of darkness. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And when you come in that name, demons tremble and they freak out because you know. I mean, I tell you when the Lord speaks to me, He shows me a, the a name of a spirit. I just that were well, like uh, the, we were at one of a, we were at a conference and we were praying for everybody, and the, the Lord said. There's a man standing there. He said, cast rejection out of him. I said, okay. (laughs) And I went up to him and I just said, in Jesus' name, spirit of rejection, leave. Be gone. And this thing left him. And he said, what did you do? I just obeyed Jesus and I told the spirit to leave you. I, I, I didn't know I had rejection. I would have. You know what the Lord did for him? This is the most precious thing. The Lord showed me this. He said, this spirit has held you back from having a mate and developing a relationship and getting married. Isn't God good? He would, have, If I would have said, can I pray for you to be, get rid of this, he would have denied having it. But the Lord said, we're going to get around that right now. Speak to it and tell it to leave. It. Because when, if the Lord tells you to say something and you say it, guess who told you to say it? You're not representing yourself. Jesus said, I'm not representing myself. I'm representing the Father. And everything I do, I do because the Father said to do it. We don't represent ourselves. We do it because He says to do it. We're not renegades. We're not crazy. We do what He says to do. And you want to do that, and I want to do that. We just want to do that. We want to be able to see the life-giving changes that Jesus has for people because we cultivate a heart that hears His voice, and we say the things that He wants to say for people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just a little revelation. And a, oh, I didn't realize that the Lord loved me like that. He might just touch you and you share a testimony. And when your testimony has that life-giving element of Jesus, and the next thing you know, it bears witness. Everybody say it. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Even the smallest thing, the smallest thing, Mark 9, 41, I'm telling you, the little things have a big impact when they're done in the Lord's name. It says, truly, I say to you, whoever gives a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose their reward. There are things that you will do just as an act of service that brings that extra substance of God's presence into somebody's life. And there's, after you're gone, the Spirit of the Lord is still there. Hallelujah! God wants to even He he even says it this way. Colossians three seventeen. He says, "Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Everything you do in your job, when you do it in the name of Jesus, there's a spirit of the Lord." that is in the transaction. Where people were nervous before, suddenly they're not nervous anymore. Because they're around someone who is doing business in the name of Jesus. And Jesus takes authority over those things. Are you happy about that? How many of you just go ahead and want to declare his peace over your life right now? no matter what's going on in the world. We'll get to that. i have more on that a little bit. Now, let's just look at the name of Jesus for a moment. Jesus is from the Hebrew Yeshua, which is our word for Joshua, which means God saves. So, the name Jesus means God saves. But Christ means the anointed one. Christ is more of a title than a name. It's the same. It's the Greek component for the word Messiah, the one who's anointed. So, let me ask you right quick. Just look at me. Has has just humor me here. Has Jesus impacted your life? Has his anointing worked in your behalf? Has he saved you? Has he rescued you? Has he freed you from something? Has he healed you? Has he filled you with his love and peace? Has his name become precious to you? You don't have to be old in the Lord you can be a brand new baby. And we always need to teach our little ones, if if you have fear in the night, say, Jesus, and the culmination of all the names of Almighty God, packed, that dealt with every problem of humanity all through the Old Testament. And all the resources of Jesus Christ and the angelic hosts and all the fullness of the Holy Spirit shows up when a little child goes, Jesus, God shows up. You just got to love the Lord. In the Old Testament, Hagar, who was Sarah's mistress or Sarai at the time, was caught up in the pressure of Abraham and Sarah trying to help God out and hurry up and fulfill the promise God made of giving them a son, giving Abraham a son. Anyway, this is the point. Hagar in, ends up in the desert uh, by a stream of water with no place to go and having been run out of the dwelling by Sarah. And the angel of the Lord found her by the spring of water in the wilderness. And I would describe Hagar, as many in our culture today, I would describe her as hurt, rejected, abandoned, lost, lonely, and disappointed. You can read the whole story yourself in Genesis 16, but I want to say about this angel of the Lord, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The angel of the Lord sent her back with a promise, gave her direction, and reassured her of her purpose. She responded to the angel of the Lord and added a name to the Bible what do God call God? Would you look at this? Genesis sixteen thirteen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. Read it with me. You are the, a God of seeing, for she said, Truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Hallelujah. So when you call on the name of Jesus, you're calling on the one who looks after you, the one who sees you, the one who knows you the one who knows you're hurt, the one who knows you've been abandoned, the one who knows you've been lonely, the one who knows all of this, that he's looking after you. How many in here have Jesus look after you? How many have seen him come to you in your lonely state, seen where you are? Well, I just recently, recently, I just got touched in my spirit I'll just say, a person in here recently had a moment. You were sitting at your, driver's, your your car in your driver's wheel and suddenly you had a transaction with the Lord and you gave everything over to him once again and you felt the Lord was with you in a mighty, mighty way and he's come and been with you. And ever since then, something has been established. You know who you are. <laughs> you have seen, uh, have, and here's the next part. When it comes to, Having received that, have you been a part, have you been the person like the angel of the Lord that came to Hagar? Have you been the one that comes to someone, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, have you come and helped someone who's been in a lonely state, a hurt state, a rejected state, an abandoned state, that you've come to them and you've brought that assurance that God sees where they are and God will help them. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. We're about being the people that express to the heart in need that the Lord is fully aware of all that's going on, that he sees them when nobody else is looking, and he knows all of the heartache. There are people that are crying themselves to sleep at night. There are people in absolute torment in our, around us. They're, they're, they don't know what to do. They barely make it through a day, and we're praying, and so we pray, Lord, bring us across their path and give us something that we can be the person that says, that comes in the name of the Lord, and give some kind of a seed, some kind of a moment, some kind of help in their hearts. Would you say, yes, Lord? Yes, Lord. And I'm almost finished here. Uh, so, and I just, when I looked at Hagar, I wanted, I felt like the Lord, didn't, don't don't go, you know, don't go through the whole story. Just describe the state of the emotional, the emotional distraughtness. Are you there? And people can pick up on that. You know, people are not doing well. There's another person in the Bible, and this is the last one I want to look at, and this is Gideon. Gideon is, uh, his story is found in Judges 6, and here's how I would describe Gideon, because Gideon is self-described as the least of the least. Have you met people like that? He is sure he was sure that that he was such the least that least likely that God would ever do anything in and through his life. Were you like that? Seven years as people were being picked on by their adversaries, so he he lived, he little little he lived uh, oppressed and discouraged, disheartened, and everybody say afraid. There are a lot of people in that state. And God comes, this is literally what happens. This is amazing. Here he is, kind of like little chicken, little chicken boy, the least of the least. And God wants to turn the whole nation around. He comes and finds the person that's the least likely in their own mind. The least likely in the family. The least likely in the group the least likely. And God comes looking for a hero for the story. I'm going to get a hero out of this group right here. Where's the person who is least likely to do anything? And God goes and gets the least likely. He goes and gets Gideon. Let's go ahead and say, thank you, Jesus, for coming to the least likely. (laughs) Paul said there's no noble among us, right? He comes to us. He comes to the one that you still, there's people in this room who still think, I'm still not the guy this God's going to use. And God's going to go, no, you're the hero in the story. And I call you a mighty man of valor, a mighty woman of valor. And you go, not me. He goes, yes, you. Not me. Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. Not me. Yes, you. How many of you still got the not me's? Yes, you. And God says, I'm going to use you. He was so insecure about God's choice. That he vents God by going through fleece after fleece. Is this really God? Is this really God? Is this is. How many of you have done that? Is this really what me you do? Is this really? Oh, uh, just get stuck right there. Finally, 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 he breaks through. Finally, Gideon gets it. Peace came over him. He realized that God was going to use him, and he submitted himself to God. And this is what the word says. Judges 6:22, 24. And then Gideon perceived that this person he was dealing with was the angel of the Lord. This person had come, blessed be, see you, comes in the name of the Lord. And Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. First of all, let me just tell you how comforting that is when you're going through one. And what's he say? Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord, and he called it, everybody I said the Lord of peace. How many of, you, how many of you have encountered Jesus as the Prince of Peace over your soul? How many have ministered his peace to someone else? Come and help them get connect. Let's all stand together. Just Let's stand together. Would you just put your hands up before the Lord? Father God, we just thank you and praise you as we lift our palms before you right now. Wave our palms before the Son of David, the King of glory. You've entered our lives. We give you praise. Your spirit is always available in such a way as to overthrow anything and everything that would exalt its head, its knowledge against the the knowledge of God in our life. So we praise you let's just praise him right now we praise you lord we praise you for the power of your name your name dismantles every wicked work every darkness every demon every power that is against the lord god and his people it's under our authority by the power of the name of jesus Uh, There's some of you now that just just the fact of the name, the name, the name, the name, the name, the name. You're going to begin to speak the name. Speak the saving name over your family. Speak the delivering name over your family. Speak the power of his name. The power of his name. You have not been left without the resource of being able to come in his name and watch him do things that he wants to do. I want to just declare right now your heart move into a deep intimacy with Jesus a deepened intimacy with Jesus I declare that your heart be literally knitted to the one who loves you that your heart be knitted and really woven in to the one who loves you that this season that you're walking into that you'll have this greater sense of the flow of his life the authority of who he is in your life let's go ahead and praise him right now hallelujah 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 for the lord sees you mighty he sees you strong in him he doesn't see you weak the lord doesn't see you lonely and abandoned he doesn't see you on the on underneath he sees you on top because of what he's done not because of what you've done but because of what he's done let's go ahead and praise the lord again praise you lord hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, praise you Lord, praise you Jesus, praise you Jesus, praise you Jesus, hallelujah. We've had a fun and full morning exalting Jesus, celebrating this Palm Sunday and his triumphal entry. I wanted to, I just want to prophetically declare that we're going to see more of his triumphal entry in the people around us. This is what the Lord's doing this season, so we want to be available to the Lord and watching him and partnering with him in that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.